재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. Well, tensions between Iran and the United States are on the uptick once again. Despite this landmark nuclear agreement that was struck between the two countries as well as the EU, last week a U.S. warship uh, transiting in the Strait, uh, Strait of Hormuz was reportedly harassed by Iranian patrol boats and also a key member of the Iranian negotiating team that led to that uh, agreement has apparently been arrested on charges of espionage. So to get some analysis on the latest situation, we're very pleased to have joining us from Plymouth University uh, University Lecturer in International Relations, Dr. Christian Emery. Hello. Hello. Dr. Emery, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this recent naval confrontation between Iran and the United States, is. do we need to read into that, or was that can that be kind of considered an isolated incident? Well, it's not so much an isolated incident, because there's been three kind of similar uh, encounters uh, in, the, uh, in the Persian Gulf. I think uh, most of these decisions tend to come down to sort of individual leaders of boats and captains. And I think it's, it's kind of difficult to see this as a, a kind of message sent by Iran to the United States. All of these incidents have involved the Revolutionary Guards, uh, not the Navy, and it's therefore uh, probably more of a case that the hardline elements, particularly the Revolutionary Guards, trying to embarrass uh, the President Rouhani. Uh, that's not to say, that, of course, that the Iranians are not upset by the U.S. naval presence in the Persian Gulf. Uh, it's just, I think, this has probably been done much more for domestic reasons rather than to sort of send a strong message to the U.S. Okay, fair enough. Now, uh, what about the arrest of this uh, Iranian official who was part of the negotiating team ahead of that landmark nuclear deal? Uh, is that, again perhaps more for uh, domestic consumption than sending a message to the international community? Well, listen, I mean, that frustration, that desire to send a message that the benefits of the uh, nuclear deal are not coming through to Iran definitely does exist. But again, when we see Iran doing something provocative, like arresting people, you know, um, the situation with the U.S. Navy, we tend to assume that this is kind of a unified position and trying to send a signal, but really, again, it, it kind of comes down to domestic rivalry. So, for example, this guy arrested, uh, Dori Esfahani, he uh, represented Iran's central bank in these negotiations, but he's also got very close links to President Rouhani's brother, they've got business deals. He's already been targeted by uh, Rouhani's enemies uh, in the media. So, again, I think this is, this is sort of an attempt by the Revolutionary Guard and the hardliners to sort of um, go after the president and, and, and in doing so weaken his position uh, and try and ultimately weaken the nuclear deal which brought up many opponents in Iran. Okay, I believe the connection is a little bit uh, it's a bit difficult to uh, hear exactly what you're saying but we're going to try and uh, uh, get the connection a little bit more clear but uh, one one question we did have for you, Dr. Emery, is that as we look back at this deal, and certainly the incentives in place for Iran were the, uh, the economic incentives uh, with the money freeing up, of course, uh, resumption of oil exports, uh, as well as uh, hoping to attract FDI. Why do you feel it is that Iran is still facing a lot of challenges in, in getting investments into the country where you thought that perhaps there would be a lot of players involved who would 
find this to be perhaps a potentially lucrative investment? Well, the simple reason is that Iran is still barred from the U.S. financial system. It can't do business in dollars, which of course is the primary currency of oil. Uh, when the deal was struck, the U.S. essentially agreed to remove secondary sanctions. That, that's the sanctions that they used to uh, basically bar foreign businesses from doing uh, work in, in Iran. Many of the primary U.S. sanctions still are in place, and these are not linked to the nuclear issue. They are linked to terrorism, to human rights. So the problem is that, that many of these international firms are worried that if they do business with Iran, then they will still suffer sanctions, not because of the nuclear issue, but because of other sanctions that exist unrelated to the nuclear issue. The, the other problem uh, is that Iran remains still quite a very risky investment. Uh, often businesses don't really know who they're doing business with. A lot of um, big infrastructure projects inside Iran have business dealings with the Revolutionary Guard who are under sanctions. Uh, their legal system is quite opaque. Its regulatory system is quite opaque. So actually, um, it's quite a risky proposition. And you have to remember that Iran's financial sector is locked out of the global economy for years. In that time, banking practices have changed, regulatory systems have changed. So really, Iran needs to very quickly get up to speed with modern practices of business in order for Western companies to come in and feel comfortable about investing there. As we know, uh, there have been critics of this deal, uh, both uh, from the right in the U.S., uh, also hardliners in Iran. Ultimately, are you optimistic that this deal will survive? What do you think um, needs to be done in the new, uh, I guess, forthcoming months and years to uh, make sure at least the status quo is maintained? Well, listen, I mean, I personally think that the Iran will stick to the deal. I think the International Atomic Energy Agency has been very clear that Iran is complying with the deal. So it's sort of holding up its part of the bargain. I think in terms of long-term threats to the deal, well, the obvious one, of course, is should Donald Trump be elected in the United States? Donald Trump has sort of committed himself to ripping up this deal. Mm. Uh, the other, of course, uh, danger is, is if a hardliner in Iran is elected, if Rouhani is thrown out, and maybe certainly like Ahmadinejad returns. Um, I think the other obvious point is that Sooner or later, Iran is going to need to feel more tangible benefits from this deal. At the moment, it's, it's very difficult for, um, for, for, for ordinary, ordinary Iranians to feel like this deal is benefiting their living standards. And I think that's going to ultimately come down to, A, whether Iran does make itself a more attractive investment opportunity by clearing up its legal system, its regulatory system, but also the uh, U.S., uh, really needs to give very clear guidance to foreign investors that it will not penalise them for investing mm. in Iran. And going forward, I think the US really needs to decide whether it wants to do business with Iran or not. At right. the moment, it's trying to do it both ways. It's kind of saying it's okay for others to trade with Iran, but at the same time, it's saying, well, but we think we shouldn't trade with Iran, and uh, US citizens can't tra- uh, trade with Iran, US companies can't trade with Iran. So, Considering so many multinational corporations have U.S. citizens working for them and actually a lot of business in the U.S., 
it really is going to come down to ultimately is the U.S. willing to get rid of some of the U.S. sanctions that prevent uh, U.S. companies from doing business right. uh, in, in Iran. All right. Well, uh, we are going to have to leave it there. Dr. Emery, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Okay, well, Dr. Christian Emery, I do want to apologize for the uh, sound connection. It probably was a little bit difficult to hear. I got the gist of it, but uh, uh, oftentimes when you do connect overseas, uh, there are uh, sometimes those technical difficulties. So apologies for that.